This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, everybody, and happy 2022. Happy New Year from the Blue Monday podcast. We'll still be here. We'll still be here in 3022, here in League <laughs> One, covering <laughs> Ipswich Town. Craig Finbo, about where were you stood at midnight on um, as we went from 2021 to 2022? I was, I was sitting on my sofa, actually, um, having just watched... Craig David... <laughs> Having no, who was it this year? It was, it was no, I was watching Hoot and Nanny actually. So Vic Rees was singing Dizzy as the new year came in. But I was I just finished watching Adam's Family Values of all things. <laughs> Very a, nice. A typical too. a typical festive New Year film. But that was all right. Uh, David Diamond, which of your global properties were you in at um, <laughs> midnight? <laughs> please, please, if you're listening on podcast, just go to YouTube just to see the look that you just. Dave follows the sun, doesn't he? He starts in Samoa and works his way across Dave, the world. Dave's like, it's Sunday morning. He's He's gone at me one minute and 30 seconds. Yeah, just my only... Sunday Diamond. That's sorry, just my, just my only property, if you're not counting the shed in the garden, I guess. I mean, I suppose <laughs> it, could get a, it could get a mention. It's got seats it, in it, I suppose. It's but in no a different time zone, Dave. So I'm not, no electricity, so I'm not sure that counts. But no, I was actually yeah, similar to Craig. I was I hadn't watched. I must admit, I hadn't watched Adam's Family Values, but I was, um, <laughs> I was, I think it was, it was no, it was darts on New Year's Eve? I can't remember. I was sitting no. on my couch watching Hoot and Annie. Also, yeah. Richard, happy New Year. Where where were you? I was I was with my folks and um, doing a very socially responsible family gathering. We were all two meters apart and we all waved each other when the clock struck midnight and um, it was all very nice all very respectable yes definitely Although normally... Ed, Sheeran, Ed Sheeran did give town a mention didn't he I think yeah, and, and a spoiler um, and yeah. all those grumpy um, uh, 
what they say, all those grumpy men sitting watching Hootenanny going, oh, it's filmed in July, were proved wrong because we know exactly when it was filmed because it was filmed the day of Switch were playing Barry. But um, there we go. Uh, I, I'm normally working on New Year's Eve, but I got to about December the whatever without a gig, picked a number and thought, if something comes in for that number, I'll do it. If not, I'll stay at home. And would you believe Bedford, <laughs> I can see out of the window, was lit up with um, fireworks. I think more money was spent on fireworks. Anyway, there's been plenty of fireworks hey. in 2021 for um, Ipswich Town. So don't worry, we're not going to go exhaustively. But because we haven't had a game uh, with postponements and whatnot, we're going to do a little year in review. There's been plenty to talk about. Um, you will never get another year like this ever, ever again. <laughs> this is, this the is best. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> So we've just, Dave, just ridiculous. And on the 40th anniversary of 1981, we get a year with lockdowns, a takeover and three managers. Absolutely absurd. It wasn't absolutely absurd. I mean, I think we started the turn of the year with relative hopes. I think we were pretty much in the top six, were we still by then? I think we perhaps were just about, we weren't. Not not the turn of the year? No? I don't think so, no. We must have been pretty close, though, surely. We I mean, weren't too you, far away. I mean, if you surely, if, if you look how our, you know, spoiler alert, under the new manager and how our season panned out after that, and we only finished five points off the playoffs, we must have been reasonably close. Yeah, I think we were about especially seven. after Especially after Lambert's oh, no, you're right. you're three right. wins. Especially after Lambert's three wins. So I think we still had... Seventh. Hope Seventh. There was, there was, yeah, wouldn't we, love to, wouldn't we love to be there now? Um, I think we, um, I think we had some hope, didn't we? We had hope, but um, this is Ipswich Town always... we follow. This is Ipswich Town we follow, and hope is always, uh, always dashed, isn't it? Unfortunately, yeah, and so, the numbers so it's rich for those watching on um, YouTube. Um, well, I suppose Craig' best goal of the year was probably scored by Scott Twine in the first oh. game of um, oh, yeah. January 2021. But yeah, a home defeat to Swindon, a win at Burton, home defeats to Parsh and Sunderland, and a yeah. draw with um, Crew. Um, calls for Lambert out, rumours of dressing room unrest. Um, oh, Luke Thomas and um, I've even forgotten. Josh Harrop. Thank you, Josh Harrops. That that says a lot, Craig, about Aloni when you cannot remember their first name. Yeah, I think so. And wasn't wasn't he speaking about Swindon? Wasn't he? Isn't it him that stuck the shot out of the ground at Swindon away? He had a he had a long shot, and the, the camera actually <laughs> followed it all the way and out the ground and sort of bouncing down the street. I think as well. Um, yeah, the the. the the fixtures there, it's sort of at that point in time whereby we couldn't beat anybody above us and we're doing okay-ish against the teams below us, weren't we? Which was a, a running theme under under Paul Lambert, who never never cracked it, did he? Um, but no, that Swindon, Swindon game was a sort of a, a prophecy of, of things to come in terms of conceding conceding goals to teams below us, wasn't it? You know, we, we ended up not even better, to, not being able to beat the teams <laughs> below us towards the end. Did Alan Judge score in that game? Yes, I think he did. I'm trying to remember. Um, I've got All I remember is the Blue Monday WhatsApp group that talked about Alan Judge a hell of a lot. He scored and it just went completely silent. <laughs> no one said anything whatsoever. Was it, was it that game? I'm yeah, sure it was Norwood yeah, Judge. Minute. Yeah, it was Norwood and Judge. Yeah, you're right. Well, more from Norwood as we go on through the season and um, less from Judge. Do you want to flash up February, Richard? Yeah, well, worth, I guess, mentioning at this point, um, 
the Lambert stuff, there's a lot of press chat of um, we could still make it. The automatics are still on. Um, and then the transfer window shuts, doesn't it? And two more loans. And we get Leo Neal saying, oh, the loans were the only route that we went. We could go down after supposedly saying that we wanted to build and we're only going to do permanent transfers. And then suddenly everything is... Um, is all a little you can always, bit change, isn't it? You can always sort of read a lot into, can't you, into the, the, the business that clubs do in January in terms of how much they're backing their current incumbent manager, can't you? Yeah. 100%. Um, so into February, um, <laughs> this is strange that we're going to beat Blackpool and we're going to beat Hull, uh, two teams that ultimately are going to get promoted. Um, a defeat to Peterborough, nil-nil at home to... Northampton and um, the was that the infamous Judge v Drysdale game? I can yeah. see it on the left. Um, this is the point where we get this very strange um, Richard, this Paul Lambert managing the team but not managing the team and Matt Gill noticeably standing a metre further forward than him in the in the very strange time, that wasn't it, Rick? Yeah, I, and I think Lambert was still obviously doing press conferences, even after the Doncaster game, and he's going to get sacked 24 hours later. He's still speaking as if he's making all the decisions. But I think most of us were pretty clear that it was Gill that was leading the way, and it, and it was working for us. I mean, that win at Hull, massive outlier in our time in League One where we actually beat a team in the top six. Um, and it was a great performance as well. Perfect away performance, clean sheet as well. Um, but we've got the blue action demonstration and that was all blown, blown out of proportion. Lambert, then we talk about Mick going on the charm offensive in the, in the media when he's after a job. But Paul Lambert was everywhere. He'd done BBC Five Live, I think, talking about COVID. He said it was criminal that the talking games were still Dortmund. going on. And then he's on talk sport with his mate... Um, Jim White, isn't he? Um, saying that there's a meeting with Marcus and all that kind of stuff. It's all a little bit um, soap opera e. And by the end of the month, Evans, I think, has, has had quite enough of it, hasn't he? So, Dave, um, and you know me, I hate speculation, but we think probably now, apparently, there's lots and lots of talks with prospective new owners, which we'll get on into the next month and um, this idea that perhaps there may have been some pressure on the previous owner to swap the manager before the new owners came in. Just an odd time. Just reflect on that last month for Paul Lambert, um, Dave. It was a weird time because it was so much, so much speculation. Um, and ultimately, for <laughs> typically for Lamb and typically for, again, for typical Ipswich Town, isn't it? He ultimately goes on the back of three consecutive Three, three consecutive wins, which is just <laughs> ridiculous, really. Um, yeah, and honestly, it can only could only really happen to us. So obviously, the decision the decision was made. Clearly, the um, clearly the deal the deal as it as it turned out had been in the um, had been on the on the burner for, for obviously for some time. I know these deals just aren't put together overnight. Um, and then, and then it obviously, when ultimately, spoiler alert, a few weeks down the line, when the deal was finally done, then you lead to speculation of, well, you know, who's who, you know, who ultimately Evans got rid of Lambert, but who who really appointed, who was responsible for appointing for appointing Cook. So, yeah, led to led to a lot of speculation. But just it's it's so Ipswich Town, isn't it? That you know, after years and you know, a season or two of absolute dirge, that he finally wins three games. Okay, the football not great, but he finally wins three games on the spin. And he's um, and he's off. We've got a, we've got a habit of doing that to our managers, haven't we? Actually, <laughs> thinking back, 
But that Great. Northampton game, do we remember that? I mean, that was dirty. Nil-nil. Yeah. Oh, that was awful. That was just home awful. game against Northampton. who were destined to be relegated, and we yeah. couldn't muster a shot. I can't, I can't recall a minute. Oh, it was the worst. I mean, uh, just just brightened up by what you said earlier about judges' um, judges' <laughs> fight with Drysdale, the ref, which was, was box office, wasn't it? Class classic stuff. So, but, Craig, yeah. um, with with Lambert, and there's been a lot of funny tweets this morning about, or yesterday morning about three years left on his five-year deal <laughs> and all of that good stuff. Um, do, do, do you think had the um, the takeover kind of topics not got as far as they had that um, there's any possible way he would have been sacked at that point? Um, well, we don't know. There's still a bit of a bit of a grey area, isn't it, in terms of Cook and how much the he was aware of the takeover and how much the takeover guys were um, involved in his in his appointment. You know, I don't suppose we'll ever know, but I think Lambert himself said towards the end when there was when there were rumours coming around about the takeover, he said himself, you know, it's ninety nine point nine percent certain that I won't be here after a, a takeover has happened, which which we all know doesn't is, is often the case is that the, the incumbent isn't really required by the new guys. They want something a bit more sparkly. But just the timing of it wasn't didn't quite work out, did it, in terms of Cook coming in a couple of weeks, two or three weeks before the, the takeover was rubber stamped. Um but no I don't I don't think it I think it got to a point whereby for whatever reason we know we've been here before with Evans that he, he hands out these contracts and then realizes the error of his ways relatively soon afterwards and ends up costing him, costing him a packet of money. He's not the most, for, for a relatively successful businessman, he makes some strange old financial decisions when it's hitting him in the back pocket, doesn't he? That thread, well, let's go into... that, sorry, that, that tweet that you mentioned, if you check the replies back, even people at the time are going, what are you doing? What has he done <laughs> to deserve this? Like, this is like, yeah. If all of his decisions, guys, I'm struggling to think of a worse one. I mean, some of the managerial recruitment, not great, but that five-year contract for Lambert was just. <laughs> when did he see? Wasn't when, it? Just re, when, what was the timeline? When did he sign that? Just so January lost, the first, yeah. the year before, before having just it? lost five-three to Lincoln, Lincoln City. That's right? right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. the five-three game. Yeah, and I went to I went to Wickham. Um, uh, I'm gonna sound like a dick now. And I was in the press box, and all the talk in the press box was last time we were here, Paul. And I was talking to Craig about it before the game, actually. Last time we were here, Paul Lambert had just signed a five year contract. I think it was announced before the game, but there we oh, go. So if we move into March, um, this uh, I, I always use the analogy of um, uh, maybe a girl or a boy who's got a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and very quickly afterwards has a different boyfriend or girlfriend, and you worry about a certain amount of overlap. But in comes Paul Cook. And I remember having a lovely chat with Joe about this um, on our WhatsApp group, saying we will never be able to get Paul Cook. Paul Cook's way above our standard at the moment. He did really well with um, Wigan, and he exited there. Um, Dave, I was so excited when Paul Cook um, signed, and this is pre-takeover, so we're still... Blooming confused. Is he a Marcus Evans Ipswich manager or is he with the new guys? Um, what we knew is this was a, I have to say, we just criticised Evans. This was a hell of a hire for a League One t- club at the time, given what he'd previously done. 
No, it really was given his given his track record. I think we all said at the time that he was perhaps the the best that was available out there at the time that we that we could have got that wouldn't have cost compensation. Clearly, that was never going to happen for for our, for the owner at the time. So, um, I think we were all pretty <laughs> pretty excited about it, given the given the work he'd previously done at Portsmouth. Obviously, the incredible season that he had a few seasons that he had at, at Wigan as well. Um, walked away when the you know the financial um, issue issue kicked in at Wigan and, and basically walked away with certainly with his credentials very much very much intact. So um, yeah, I think we were, we were more than delighted. We thought, here we go, bring it on. Rich, what were your first impressions of Paul Cook and your um, expectations, and then parlay that into the first couple of games? I think we all know Rich's impression of Paul Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what you mean. <laughs> Too early in the morning. I've, I've, lost I've lost it now. I've been struggling. I've been, the brain is too much trying to get my Kieran McKenna down without it being offensive. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I th- there was a point, and we debated this quite a lot on the pod, there was the Cowleys, wasn't there? And Paul Cook were the kind of two standout appointments and the Cowleys went to Portsmouth. They were probably my preference, if I'm honest and truthful. Um, but Cook certainly, um, no sloppy seconds when it comes to the appointment. <laughs> I think the, the the debate that quickly soon happened because Gary Roberts comes in, doesn't he, pretty quickly, is about the backroom team. Then you start the debate about Liam Richardson, which will continue for the, the majority of the year as well, um, and whether he's the same manager without Liam Richardson alongside him. But I, I quite agree with Dave, yeah. The calibre was there, and you were hoping that um, he was going to coach this team. The, the, had, you, you, the, the rumours, the chat was Lambert, wasn't too much of the the training stuff. He was the kind of motivator on a match day. And Cook, the videos behind the scenes were him telling people where to stand. This is where you need to be. This is my four two three one formation. We're not moving from this. So you will do this and you'll be here. Um, and it was good to see that and give players um, that in, that clear instruction, which obviously Lambert hadn't really done. But the results didn't didn't go well. There's the Gillingham defeat, which was pretty. Um, yeah, it was a pretty depressing performance given all the people watching on iFollow. And then the Portsmouth defeat also having taken the lead was pretty disappointing too and obviously highlighted the Cowleys versus Cook thing there. But um, I was hopeful. I was definitely hopeful that here is a coach. That's what we need. Um, but does he need Liam Richardson? Question mark. What well, say you, um, Craig? I just enjoyed somebody who was kind of energetic and um, fun to listen yeah. to and... Um, dare I say, inspiring. Obviously, turned out the whole tenure wasn't inspiring. That would be um, far from the words we we would use. But your your first um, your first um, thoughts on Paul Cook? I've just looked up. Twenty uh, first of April, Liam Richardson was hired as um, Wigan boss. Um, so it was about seven weeks after um, after Paul Cook was hired. That if if you go with the narrative Richard has just set out that he was pretty much done by the sounds of it. Well, when he first came in, I think we everyone was excited. And as you say about his character and things like that, he got everyone on board, didn't he? He said all the right things about the size of the club and getting fans excited by football. That's why they come and watch football at the weekend, blah, blah, blah. You know, they work all week to come and be excited on a on a weekend. And there was looking at his his history, as you say, Ben, there was no real reason not to expect modicum of success here and he was asked in his press conferences about Liam Richardson and you know without without specifically saying it 
seemed to indicate that yeah, he was, he's going to join in the in the summer in the in the close season. Um, you know, I can't say anything. You know, he was sort of got, went along the lines of. I can't say anything specific about a specific nudge, club, nudge, etc. Yeah, ex- it's, that's exactly how I sort of read it. Is that you know he's going to join, but we can't do it yet because he's still got a couple of months of this season to go with uh, caretaking at Wigan. Wigan, but as it transpires, he did such a great job at Wigan that it, it never happened. And I think you know, even not even with hindsight, really, you know, even at the time, people were raising the raising that as a concern. Like Rich said, that you know these guys he's bringing in. Gosh, Gary, Gary Roberts was due to play against us, wasn't he, for Accrington three or four days before he was appointed as our assistant manager to stand in the dugout, you know, in, in the opposite dugout sort of thing. So, I don't know. I think I think looking back, well, we'll, we'll talk about it a bit, but I, I'd imagine that would be one of one of Paul Cook's uh, major reluctances, if that's if that's such a word of uh, of his tenure. You know, we never to... know. Do you think? I mean, do you think? Richardson knew something, something we didn't. Because look at the timing of it. Just look at the dates there. Twenty first of April was the very day after we lost three 0 at Wimbledon. It's worth. I mean, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. I don't. I don't yeah. I, 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 no one knows. Dave, I always go by the logic that if ever I see someone in life get an opportunity and it's like they're going to back themselves and they're going to go for it, I always think that overrides everything else. The chance to Absolutely. go. Go and be a manager. Wigan yeah. had money coming in for salary with the new owners, so yeah. I just suspect his his priorities changed. And you, you, Dave, you would you would never criticise anybody for going for it in life, would you? Of course, you wouldn't. No, absolutely, absolutely not. And look, he's obviously um, been proved been proved right. You know, to back it. You know, to back himself. Well, at, at this moment in time, we're gonna we're gonna fly, in, aren't they? So yeah. Um, but I think <laughs> Cook. Yeah, it, it, to me, it must be it must be a huge factor with with Cook. You know what what Cook didn't achieve at Ipswich, and you would think, you know, looking at what Richardson as a coach has achieved at Wigan, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't take a lot to put two and two together there, does it? Clearly, he was a he was we we would think the missing the missing link there. And I wonder whether you he's kind of you've been number two for Paul Cook for quite a while. Paul Cook's yeah. got quite a, a a kind of good PR and quite a good reputation out there. He's the push out. I'm not, and I'm not saying this is definitely, this is the fact, this is the case with Richardson, but there's definitely times, I'm sure we've all had it as human beings where you are putting in a shed out of work and someone else is, we've all worked for managers who are taking the credit for our hard work. I'm not saying that Richardson was kind of, um, had negative feelings towards Cook on that, but there's definitely a case of, I want to prove that, I've, I'm, I'm the kind of the goods in the back of the shop rather than the stuff mm. in the front window. And as you said, Dave, he's he's proven to be the case, hasn't he? Um, and yeah. they're looking really more good. More often, than, yeah, more often than not, I think it's the partnership because we had the same the same things with Norwich fans telling us that yeah. um, their two Premier League finishes halfway up were all to do with Ian Culverhouse. And when I retorted, "Okay, what's he doing now?" Everything tended to go very quiet, didn't it? <laughs> that is but, true. That is true. Yeah, totally, a little bit different level, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, you, you make a you make a perfectly fair point, Rich. Right, shall we go into this um, ridiculous April, um, no. which will go down in Sorry. infamy Ouch. for um, many many reasons? So, seventh of April is the date that the takeover <laughs> finally took place. And it all got a little bit sort of wibbly wobbly um, for a while with people kind of thinking, is this actually going to happen? There were lots and lots of rumours beforehand. Is that going to appear on the screen, Richard? Yeah, so I just, I just wanted to um, um, 
precede the takeover stuff with um, Lee O'Neill coming out and definitively saying there is no takeover bid on the table. Um, and <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a similar time where he said the managerial <laughs> search will take as long as it needs to take and it will be very exhaustive <laughs> and extensive. And suddenly Paul Cook was within 24 hours appointed. <laughs> and then suddenly um, this takeover suddenly intensifies with the land searches as well. So I just wanted to start with that. So yeah, the text oh. for April news has got very small. <laughs> 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 well dave go for it go on take take over of the club and the evans era ended and the general feeling of weight lifted off I'm shoulders just, there my, i'm sorry my my um my eyes are just drawn to the um the amount of <laughs> goals we didn't score in christ yeah. so is that we'll right get, we'll get to on the pitch talk about <laughs> off the pitch first <clears throat> yeah no it, it, i mean it's something that speculation right about Evans saying, oh, you know, Evans will never sell and things like that. And then it, obviously, as, as, as Rich said, Liam Neal coming out and, well, it's not flatly denying it, but flatly denying that there was any, yes, I think it was it was fairly common knowledge that um, he was looking for a buy, but there was no no offer on the table. So, I mean, good grief when it actually happened and you, you realise what the depth of the investment was. It's, well, here we, you know, here we, here we go. I mean, I remember you guys. I don't think I did it, but I remember you guys and <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe setting himself up on Twitter as Joe Fares the third, wasn't it? I believe. And it was brilliant. You know, that's how everybody, that was the overall feeling, was it? Absolutely fantastic. And um yeah, for for some for some reason, um, talk about new manager bounce. We didn't quite get the new the new owner bounce, did we either? Very much, very much not. But yeah, just um, you know, a, a, almost a breath of fresh air, a totally new regime. We, we all heard stories about the you know the investment, or rather the lack of investment in the you know in the, well, you could see it for yourself just by the we all said. Well, we used to say just by the ground, the state of the ground under under Evans, and the you know the just the rundown rundown run down ground and the general lack of investment so it was like a breath of fresh air new era starts me being very old died in the wool town fan you know obviously would obviously harp back oh the cobbles will be turning the great but look that's football now and it's big business now and that's how football goes now so generally accepted and welcomed obviously by all unfortunately craig <laughs> there are few different things at play here psychologically didn't work i.e here's a new owner, here's a new manager kind of wedded to a new era, here's a squad of players that kind of feel, I don't know, I don't know what the right word to use is, that maybe they're about to be bombed out and... Surplus to requirements. Insecure, surplus to requirements. And needless to say, the um, management of... I don't want to go all all, all kind of um, woke and bohemian, but... The management of people's kind of emotions and the psychological side was just a complete failure. And you you had such a disparity between new owner, new manager, current players, and with disastrous results on the pitch, Craig, just fell apart, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The proof is in the pudding, I think, when it comes to uh, Paul Cook's maybe touchy-feely management style. Um <laughs> As as Rich showed up there in the in the in the results, you know, forgive me, I don't remember any of those bloody games. <laughs> did we seriously go? I didn't six even remember Josh a... Harrop's first first we... name. So there we Sorry, go. Sorry, we... seriously, we went six games without a goal. Seriously, <laughs> I remember. I remember that. Come close to breaking a record. The thing is, as well, because they were all on telly, weren't they? They were all on iFollow, so oh, you just they had the same routine where you just logged on to your iFollow and watched us. <laughs> 
plod around a pitch for 90 minutes. <laughs> and then just, Craig, you'd, you'd get the notification about the goal just before the goal went in. And you'd sit <laughs> that there watching a Wimbledon corner <laughs> yeah. going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. no. Oh. There's been a goal, right. Let's, who's going to make them a It was quite funny. It was, usually, it was usually Joe. Well, that's bollocks. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, here it comes. Oh, if, if you can't laugh, you'll cry. And, Richard, I, I love a bit of shahousery and childishness, but... Uh, Paul Cook ignoring all the players and refusing <laughs> to even look at them when they went off the pitch. Oh, when when you look back oh, now, uh, just just mental, know. Rich, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah, uh, I quite liked that at the time. I I'll admit I drank some of the Kool Aid around this time because the demolition man chat starts, doesn't it? Oh, the, the, uh, the was, I put the it in the, in that April news thing. Paul Cook said AFC Wimbledon will define our season just before we got dumped three 0 by then. So um, oh. yeah, I, they, they were was, in the bottom yeah. four at that point, right? Yeah, oh well, yeah, they were struggling. It was in a week, so it was Northampton seven days apart, yeah, wasn't it? Northampton away. They all went down. Ultimately, didn't they? We couldn't score against them. But yeah, it was. It did become kind of a market thing, like. Uh, that Cook would just blank the players. And then Dyer came out, didn't he? I think Shrewsbury, um, which maybe is the start of May, he's in the dugout and he caught, he rips them a new one as well. So the current squad, to your point, Ben, psychologically have had an absolute bollocking, haven't they? They've been called out in front of the media. And then we start releasing people, don't we? The six players get released, I think, in April. We know the judges aren't going to play again. Um, and it's, oh, that was, yeah, yeah, the demolition. <laughs> I think, begins, Rich, I think Josh Harrop, when he got that red card, I think they literally said, mate, that, that, don't even get changed. Yeah, in you kick, straight out. Call an Uber. You're, you're wealthy, you're a footballer, you can get an Uber back to Preston. Right now, I never want to see you ever again. <laughs> Josh Harrick doing He was coming oh, out Lord. after matches, wasn't he? And he was, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't much disguise and nuance in Paul Cook's post-match press conference were there at the time he was basically calling them all out after every single match you know he was lumping the blame entirely on this group of players you know there wasn't too much acceptance that he would might be a part of the problem it was things along the lines of oh you uh you know you're you know you don't care as much about these results you're losing as much you know when you win when you lose it's the same um response etc etc and to be fair to him just just to defend him it is a pretty unique situation to be in, you know, to to mitigate across. And we do get very quickly into Neil and David Brent and the Swindon lot and the, and the Slough lot being put together. It, but he made a right dog's dinner. Of uh, the well, he knew what was coming. So clearly he'd, he'd, clearly he'd, he'd spoken to the new owners at length about the new owners, about investment of the summer. And clearly, it got the green light from the new owners to basically clear the, clear the decks, you know, well before the end of the season. That that was happening. So, from that point of view, he was coming from very much a position of strength. There wasn't going to be any player revolt because they weren't going to be here. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, guys, um, given how emotional and honest he is, I don't think it will be long before Paul Cook will do an interview and he'll reflect and he'll say, "I'll, I probably." If I went back in time, I would do that very differently and maybe not be quite so uh, aggressive Um, because maybe he didn't know quite how aggressive the new new board and whatnot were going to be when we do get down to December. Rich, can we go into (laughs) May? Because the season actually um, in quite sort of Mick McCarthy... But actually finishes quite strongly um, with, uh, God, how many? One, two, three, four... (laughs) Five, um, oh sorry, four. Um, okay, eight points in the last four games. But oh, um, 
yeah, eleventh place um, again, Craig. Um, yeah, go on, May. <laughs> Yeah, well, as you say, it, it sort of petered. Well, we were done and dusted by this point in time, weren't we, anyway? And we were sort of just picking, knowing that very few of the players were going to be remaining, we couldn't really take much solace from the results that we were gaining in any case because the guys that were scoring, um, you know, against Fleetwood and against Swindon potentially weren't going to be around anyway you know, the following season. It was just literally... Oh, just looked, Sorry. Oh, well, yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's that's the one thing I do remember on that. It's the, who the hell was this guy running down our running down our left hand side? You know, burning us for pace, as it were. Um, we'll, we'll never but, sign him. We never we never bring in viable players at our level. Well, we were getting linked with everyone, weren't we? At this point in time, we, the world and his wife were being linked with us. Jordan Rhodes and everyone else in between, weren't they? Um, you know, it's an agent's uh, dream time, wasn't it? I'm sure they could be chucking out any sort of names, knowing that it's just got a bit of cash behind them, but. Um, yeah, it was it was about this time when well, as soon as the season finished, then you sort of got the rumours about you know, the guys that were leaving and the, the clubs that they were being linked with, and you know a, a team in CO four postcode, I think it is, um, started being linked with pretty much every bit of detritus over the age of thirty in our in our right, squad, right. weren't they? Rich, it was just nice to get it over with, wasn't it? Terrible yeah. results, and we think. Um, a, a new look club next season. Um, just, just get it done, right? Yeah, and if you're bought into it like I was, like the players are the problem. There's a deep seated, you know, problem, and and shedding the players is going to fix it. Then you're on board with it. And plus, we all like transfer speculation, at least when it's concrete transfer speculation. I, don't, I yeah, I don't like silly season usually, but with under new owners, not Marcus Evans. Um, you were thinking that we were actually going to get deals done as well, which um, it's so proved to be. I've got the list of the summer acquisitions and the ins and outs in a second. Um, still, but it was exciting, wasn't it? New owners, kind of no excuses anymore. I still think the biggest frustration of it, really, though, I mean, oh, there's, as you said, detritus, you know, the rubbish of the, of the cook end of season. We only finished five points short of the playoffs. Yeah. Five points. Crikey, what, what, would be, what would we give to be five points short? At this moment in time, for goodness sake. So that was the very frustrating thing. And you look at those runner games, you know, put the put the three nils to one side, perhaps. They're absolutely awful. But, they're, you know, failing to score against Rochdale. There's not much more there. You know, do a little bit more and games go your way. You're in the playoffs, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And I just think the general kind of, if you remember the state of the country then, this is pre-Delta and certainly way pre-Omicron and we're, now just about to Getting come out of lockdown. Yeah, the sun is shining. Yeah, people are you know thinking that the the outer football things are all improving as well. Um, let's go to this ridiculous. We will never see the like of this summer of transfers, um, Craig. And um, just again, if if Paul Cook was mm-hmm. beyond my wildest expectations. Um, as a manager incoming, bearing in mind that an exciting transfer window had been James Norwood on a free or Alan Judge on a free, and that was that. This this was insane. You will never see anything <laughs> like this again. There's well, some let's staff go. in let's, here, by the way. There are some coaching not. staff in here too, sorry. Yeah, let, let's yeah, hope we don't see, see anything like this again. Well, yeah, as you say there, Rich, the first three names on that list, you know, could, could have turned out to be the most important in 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 Paul Cook's you know, in terms of Paul Cook's reign, aren't they? Okay. Um, 
but yeah, I think uh, obviously we can go through the transfers, but also you've got in there is the, as you say, Rich, is the staff, isn't it? Is in terms of the backroom staff and not necessarily Paul Cook's um, guys and Andy Costin and and the um, Andy Rolls and the performance and the he's going to mention Bristol City in a minute. Please don't, Craig. <laughs> Hashtag Rob. We've got to get them in somehow in the comments, haven't we? These guys, um, and obviously the 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 guys the guys that went out pretty much all went out in one hit, didn't they? Um, certainly the guys that are out of contract, and the, but the guys that came in were in were in dribs and drabs. And obviously Wes Burns came in first, I think swiftly followed by Lee Evans, wasn't he? Um, then you had the young young guys come in Harper, um, Edwards a little bit after him, but we were we sort of to my eyes at least, seems to be getting the right sort of mixture in terms of players who've played League One football um, who aren't going to be yeah. spooked by it or unsurprised by it. You know, Wes Burns, Lee Evans, Joe Piggott, Scott Fraser. These are all guys, <clears throat> excuse me, Connor Chaplin to a certain extent, that they know League One. They, they're not going to be um, surprised by getting kicked in the shins in the first 30 seconds of playing League One, you know. So in terms of a balance, we're getting players from Plagkey, Rich's favourite, <clears throat> highly rated in League Two. So we we were we weren't only in, investing players like Connor Chaplin, who'd done it before and were marquee signings. We we're also getting ones that are up and coming through the future. What subsequently transpired is you might, to a lot of them, be able to spot which ones sit on the Paul Cook side of the fence or which ones sit on the Mark Ashton potentially recouping a future transfer fee side of the fence. Yes. Yeah. Um, and but Dave, the Craig has mentioned the you know sort of League One ready players and the um, you know possible you know say a Gladke up from League Two. Dave, there are Championship viable players in that list: Sammy Morsi, Bursant Salina, um, Connor Chaplin. Those were the ones that got me. Of what what is going on here? <laughs> uh, why are they coming? I'm sure we can think of over 10,000 reasons per month why some of them have come, but, um, sorry, per week, uh, why some of them have come. But um, I, I was so excited by this, Dave, and especially by those kind of championship-ready level players. Yeah, me too. You know, looking at the level of players that come, you know, the three you mentioned, that who else could we, within reason, who else could we have got better? You know, Chaplin really quite, you know, scored goals, scored goals quite regularly for Barnsley at championship, championship level. Selena, for goodness sake, what the <laughs> hell is that? That was the one that got me. You think, what the hell is going on Not here? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Never going to happen. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> oh, he signed. What I like, what I did like about the dealings was that um, one or two of these signings were completely out of the blue without no press, nothing, you know, nothing at all. And suddenly they're in, they're in, they're signed and... You know, what we'd seen with Town, perhaps under Evans, there was heavy speculation. Oh, he's nearly, as Magilton would say, he's nearly in the building. You know, he's just about to... And it just wouldn't happen. But within within reason, um, as soon as these players obviously were lined up, they were in. They were done. The deal was done. So that's what that's what I liked about that. But, yeah, I mean, geez, you just look at the quality of player there. I mean, I remember I didn't know too much about him other than the, um, you know, other than the, the sort of youth cup. Um, against Liverpool the other scene. But I remember Joe and every, you know, being really excited about Louis Barry and basically saying, look, this is the, you know, of, you know, under 18, this is probably one of the pick, the, the cream of the, you know, under 18s playing, you know, England under 18 squad that we're, you know, we're getting in here. Really, really exciting. So, yeah, every, every, every one of those, I mean, a Luco at the time, quite underwhelming, but then, you know, as it pans out now, you know, great signing. Um, 
yeah, I mean, just just look at the just look at it. The quality, the the quality there, absolute quality there. And I don't know, if, you know, for one reason or another, under under well, spoiler alert, going head forward two or three months, it didn't quite it didn't quite work out at first. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, Richard, far be it for football fans to try and sum everything up in one bit of analysis. But then, with hindsight, it was um, either, oh, too many were signed at once. And then it became, oh, well, they're not actually as good as you. <laughs> I'm, I'm a football fan. and we try and simplify it into one bit of, um, you know, kind of analysis when there's normally about 15 that sort of need to go into it. But surely, Rich, if they're well managed, it doesn't matter how many players you sign, does it? No, uh, it, I think it is going to take that we heard about the time to gel. That became the phrase, didn't it? Um, <laughs> and, and that's true, isn't it? You know, he, all of us have gone into new jobs with teams of people that we've never known before. And day one, we are just not, productive we know what probably we have to do in our specific jobs but as a kind of unit and relying on other people it takes time to figure people out and to have that trust so that wasn't a surprise new place to cook some of them as well so that wasn't going to be a surprise that none of us probably were we were all hoping that we'd storm the season but a lot of us expected it to be maybe a slow burn and kind of towards christmas time we'd be peaking up and it would be a kind of a burley-esque second half the season run to the finish line um but to your point, Ben, you know, look at the players that left and have gone on to have really good seasons so far. You know, Cornell is, I think, now number one at Peterborough, perhaps because of extenuating circumstances. But Andre Dizel, you can Good tell us all about him. Peterborough are rubbish. Okay, but he's playing in the level higher than anyone in the Ipswich squad. I agree exactly with you on right. that. You know, and, and you look at um, Dizel at QPR and Downs at Swansea. Um, 
you know, Jason Dezel was in there as well. I was, I was just looking for Andre Dezel. He's in the middle. Jason Dezel was a coach, obviously, and he left. But, you know, even Aaron Drinnen down in with um, Leighton Orient scoring goals for fun in League Two. So the idea that this squad, and we talked about the Cook, jettisoned, were all useless. I think that's something that I learned is, you know, sometimes players are wrong place, wrong time, wrong situation, as the theme tune goes to Minder. So is it Minder? Durst, yeah. you wait. It's the one. Um, yeah. So I think we were expecting a slow burn, but not this slower burn, as it were, I, with those players. I think you can see, but if you look, I appreciate people who are listening might be able to see, but if you look at the list of players that joined and the list of players that left, it's yeah, undisputable that it's an it's an upgrade, isn't it? You know, as you rightly say, you, you yeah. can pick out you can pick out Dizel, you can pick out Downs, you can arguably pick out James Wilson. Um in terms of Cameron Burgess being his potential alternative. But if you look at if you sort of try and work out who's replacing who down that list, then you, you can't really argue that it's a quite a significant step up in, in some of those um That's positions. Fair. Yeah. But David, we go into the new season and the first um, couple of months just sort of riddled with um, this idea that this team was going to be able to just outscore and sweep away other teams. And then this kind of realisation that for all the quality on paper, that perhaps there wasn't enough in the way of caution tactically in terms of um and we've seen lots of ridiculous observations about divine rights and not respecting um you know leagues and crap like that frankly written about the club by people with i i think maybe maybe a bit of a you know sort of sideways look at at the club but um i think there was some sense that they did sort of underestimate the defensive side of the game, particularly under Cook early on, Dave? I think so. And it's, Ben, it was just the, the frustrating thing, I think it must have been for Cook, that the majority of that was individual mistakes. So, yeah. you know, you go back to the Morecambe game, you, I guess you go back to the, you know, the Burton game, the missed penalty, you even go back to the Cheltenham game, the Bond miss at 1-0, for goodness sake, you know. So I think the frustrating thing for, for, for not for, only just for Cook, but for everyone, it was just that individual, individual mistakes. Yeah, Rich is quite right. You know, the whole gel thing, yes, of course, with such an upheaval and change of personnel at the club, it was going to, you know, it was going to obviously, obviously take time. And I think everyone to a man would agree that the, certainly the football, the quality of football was was much better. But it was just in, certainly in that first month, uh, the individual mistakes were just absolutely... And, and it just seemed to be, it was just so typical that every individual mistake we were just being royally punished for as well. Ben, was your, in, in, in your question, sorry, just to flip your question back, just to drill into it a little bit, because mm. is your point that with all of that change, with all that influx of new players, Cook effectively went to his desired system and style of play straight away like day one it's full backs you bomb on center backs you need to sit and drop in when they bomb on and obviously the the team was still figuring out their um who they're playing alongside where they need to be who's going to do what and to did is your is am i alluding into your question the thought whether cook may have tried to do too much too soon and should have tactically kept it simple for them and then evolved is that what you're kind well, of getting to? That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, um, you, your interpretation of it is totally, totally bang on. And 
And again, we're sitting here with hindsight, all acknowledging that Paul Cook knows way more about football than we do. But in this situation, knowing what he knows now, having been fired, seeing all the goals that were conceded, um, yeah, it does look very much like there needed to be a, a second side to his coaching, uh, which was, you know, I, I hate the term a, a, a plan B, you know, you know what I'm saying? But as part of his uh, plan A, this idea that we're going to get to this point and we might get there in April or hopefully we get there in December. God forbid we might even get there straight away. But if we don't, and Craig, you've kind of got to admire his confidence because he... <laughs> He didn't care, did he? It was like, we are going to get there. We'll, we'll start winning and yeah. away we go. But there was never any, right, that the number 10 is going to be a number six. We're going to drop in, get tight, get behind the ball, give me 45 minutes tight, feel this one out. And then we're going to, like Richard says, then those fullbacks forward. Then we're going to bring one of our 18 number 10s off the bench and attack the game in the second half. But... <laughs> We can go round in circles in our parallel universe, Craig, about at what point would that have happened? I think it would have happened, but obviously not soon enough for Mark Ashton. But um, sorry, I'm rambling on now, Craig. But what's just your thoughts tactically on that lack of caution, which probably would have saved Paul Cook's job, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, I, I think, you know, as as we've said, we don't know. We we don't know what you think as well. But I, I just wonder where we thought, you know, we've, we'll... This is without changing too much too soon. This is the formation I've always played, so it's simpler for me to coach these guys to play the formation that I've always played. And in theory, I should be half decent at, at coaching and drilling these guys to do. Um, the concern was that they didn't seem to be coached particularly well in playing this formation. I remember standing next to Dave at Burton, and poor old Vincent Young was plowing up the right hand side. And it was when we had Evans and Harper, wasn't it, for those first a handful of games of the season and that just didn't work did it Evans wasn't playing particularly well I think he had one decent game maybe the Milton Keynes game at home or the Morgan game at home maybe um but apart from that he was he was pretty quiet poor old Raheem Harper didn't seem to know whether to stick or twist in terms of his in his position now he wasn't ever coming across to cover that gap that Rich said should be covered when the fullbacks disappeared up near the opposition corner flag um so yeah, it's all very well wanting to play this formation, but to my eyes and to many other people's eyes, they just didn't seem like they were being particularly well to play. Also, I guess I think injuries did have a <clears throat> did, a, did have a factor in it. If you look, okay, moving on in the tenure, about another month or so, he lost, and obviously he signed he signed Coulson, who I think would have been would have possibly been the answer to certainly the left. He seemed to have given us more on the left side there, but he was out long term. Ultimately, Burns was out long term as well, wasn't he? So I think that scuppered that scuppered him a little bit. And he's Enough also coming out saying, game. wasn't he? Sorry, sorry, Rich. I was just say he's also coming out during game after games and saying, you know, I'm having to make substitutions because players aren't fit. Well, you know, I'd rather be making substitutions in the attacking third of the pitch rather than the defensive third right. of the pitch. So there were various excuses, shall we say, coming out after the matches as well. And clearly, you know, the the, the, the big one was obviously Morsey coming in. I mean, he'd been sort of almost bigging up that signing for, for, for weeks, hadn't he, really? And again, speculation there. And again, I think we all thought that was another fact that wasn't, I think we all thought, well, he's not going to come down. He's not going to come down and play, you know, and play for us. But yeah, I remember he signed it. Well, he signed after the, I think after the Bolton game, didn't he? Yeah. And 
there was some sense then of no um, suspended. Sorry, suspended, wasn't he? Of course, yeah, he signed in August. Yeah, of course, he was suspended, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, yeah. just stand up for him. That was never a red card. That was against. Was it against? I can't remember. It was against. I can't remember. Preston. No, no, it's too soon for that, wasn't it? But um, anyway, um, there was some sense then after the Bolton game, Richard, uh, that um, look, forget the eye test, but the results did push then towards the two points per game for, I think, like eight or nine games at some point. We got the big outpouring against Doncaster. Obviously, Doncaster having a very, very, very poor season. And it did look then like this gelling, this clicking, um, even if it wasn't. And, you know, I know Dave's very big on the eye test and he'd rather tell me what he saw rather than look at a load of numbers. But on the pitch, the results did start moving forward, Rich, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, there is in this this one in September. I mean, Bolton was the I was going to say just before was the the peak of Paul Cook's <laughs> tactical ambition being highlighted for everyone to see because Bolton just crossfield passed diagonals over the top of the fullbacks and Afa line and others just swept in, didn't they? And um, and that was a very chastening afternoon. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm using words like detritus just to out-compete with Craig. But, I mean, there is some fortuitousness. There we go. There's another one. In, in some of these results as well. You know, Lincoln seemingly had a pretty decent goal disallowed for offside. And that, that would have been a draw. Obviously, Bond's um, instinct... Skullduggery. Sneak, sneak a point where there shouldn't really... You know, we were huffing and puffing against Sheffield Wednesday. Even Doncaster, there was a point at the start of the second half where we really fell away. And if Doncaster has scored, you wonder how that game might have ended up. And in the end, you know, quality told in terms of individuals. And there is, you know, there's a hat-trick from Evans, some good contributions by Salina, who is, you know, is a player that Doncaster couldn't dream of attracting there. But you're right. I think there were, that maybe Bolton was a bit of a back to the drawing board kind of situation. But a lot of the mistakes that we talked about were sorted out. Walton coming in for Haladki, I'm, I'm like a broken record, but there was some poor goalkeeping in there and Walton comes in and it provides a lot more solidity there. But I think the luck was starting to go for us is probably how I would summarise September to the point where into October, if I wind things on, suddenly there are credible performances in there, aren't there? And there are some bits and pieces there that we prefer to forget, but, you know, there they are. You can see them in the middle of the month there. There's a yeah, the big win against Portsmouth, for example. But then but then if you if you go sorry, Benjamin, if you go back to the end of September, that bottom right figure league position, we were nine we were nineteenth, despite yeah. a slight upturn in results. That's ultimately that August and early September is what's you know, hamstrung us for the for the rest of the season, isn't it? True. Can't give away so, that many points. Yeah. So this period, essentially, is the key one now for Paul Cook, Dave, because this is the period, October, uh, November. He's going to get fired in December. This is the period where it starts to gel and moves forward, but then drops off, and it's that drop-off yeah, that, that that kills him. And honestly, Dave, I, I don't know the date of the um, Wickham game. After that Wickham game, I was absolutely buzzing you know when you go to the footing you literally can't stop thinking about it afterwards even if you've got a three-month-old daughter at that point all you're thinking about is this amazing performance by your football team and I, I Dave honestly after that Wickham game I came away and I remember just speaking to all you lot saying oh 
that, that's sorted. If they play like that most weeks, um, they're probably going to get above high 80 points and probably going to mm. finish automatically. Mm. And then, but then it dropped off again, didn't it? I still say Wickham, we did we get a little bit lucky again? No, look, second half, brilliant. We blew them, we blew them away, didn't we? But I know I, I mentioned earlier about, about the Coulson injury and I think we have missed him on the left side, but kind of got a little bit fortunate then, fortunate with the lad got injured, that then Burgess came on and that clearly just dealt with their physicality because for the first 20 minutes, we were just being bullied all over the park in that game, weren't we? Absolutely. And they got, they went one up and I just thought we're going to get absolutely steamrolled here. And then they sort of seemed to drop off and then obviously Coulson going off, Burgess coming on, I think gave us that physicality to get through that game. But I think obviously you, then you lost Coulson and then ultimately after that, you were going to lose Burns pretty much immediately was it for six or seven and I think that's really re- and we would just see how Burns what's well, been back two games now Sunderland games his first game back for what six or seven matches you see the difference the uh, difference he makes and I think we've certainly missed that on the left side I think Coulson would ultimately have been the answer but we've just never you know never really seen never really seen enough of him but it was just so inconsistent wasn't it we would just take you like you said Wickham was such at a level there and it was just a drop from a, a, and a big drop from week from week to week, I mean, uh, well, we'll get on to we'll get on to December. Probably the biggest was probably uh, was it the Wickham? It must have been the Wickham game, wasn't it? The Wickham game, and then the very next game was the Barrow. Which was did it go from Wickham to Barrow? I can't recall. We played Oldham just... after the Wickham. Yeah, let me um, skip but, on but there. That, you just just to, just to skip back to the, sorry, to the not Wickham. Oldham. I meant Oldham the cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, not Barrow. Just to, yeah. just to skip back to that Wickham because the the games before that you <clears> you could you could see because. As you're saying there, Dave, about a crap performance following a good one, we had Accrington after Doncaster, didn't we? Just going back to the beginning of October. Yeah, we threw through. Good point. But yeah, then, it was then just... after that, during October, it started to build. We beat Shrewsbury. We should have beaten Cambridge. We yep. beat up yeah. Portsmouth. Yep. We beat Fleetwood. We shouldn't have lost down at um, Plymouth. No, and, and it, you could, there was momentum building. And then, Christ, as you say, Ben, we're reaching crescendo time against Wickham away. And you thought, well, this this is it. Yeah, we are. We have actually got some momentum now, and we're starting getting the results on the back of it. You know, the only the only way is up, and then nothing. And then the goals mm. try out, don't they, as well? Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. and Burns is part of that, maybe Dave. To your point. Oh, but, absolutely. Because yeah. you know, look look at the look at the opportunities Burns was cre- creating for Bon. I mean, I, I don't yeah. quite know what his assist was was to Bon, but maybe not. If he was assisting, he was just creating havoc down that right side, wasn't he? We'd certainly where I sit and Craig sit. You know, you just see the home games. I mean, the amount of times he would certainly. First, I think we we made a point of that before. Certainly, first half in in games, he was just him and him and Danasini on that right side were destroying teams, you know. So yeah, you just lost that that whole impetus, and we never really in that period we just never really got that never really got that back. Um, I mean, just looking at those games, I mean, Sunderland away played really really well and didn't certainly didn't deserve to lose, let alone two 0 Obviously, they were two late goals again. For one game, we did actually create and miss chances in in that game. To be fair, but I think the the most sobering one there was the Rotherham just came and done a complete job on us, and you just realise at that point, oh, actually, we're quite a bit behind here. Even yeah. crew, Dave. Even crew. We beat crew. Yeah, no, and it yeah, felt like a draw, point. didn't it? Full time. No, it did actually because you know, obviously, Selena scores that um, ridiculous goal just on just on half time. You think, okay, let's take it forward. And again, we just came out second half and just flat, weren't we? And they got one back, and it was a nervy in the end. It was a nervy ending to a game that. Yeah, I was, I was expecting when the second one went in. You're almost expecting another Doncaster, you know, and it just never, never quite transpired. 
So the end of the year is going to be defined by Paul Cook being fired and Kieran McKenna obviously coming in. I don't want to go too much more on Paul Cook because we've obviously discussed it massively, massively at length. I just feel the bit when I'm listening to you guys talking and I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying and then in the back of my brain, I'm going good clubs, winning clubs mitigate what you're talking about. They get through injuries. They get through bad luck. They have good luck. Everyone has the same thing. I watched Manchester City yesterday winning the last minute. Um, should have a penalty given against them. And and no one will remember that because winning, winning, they just get through it, don't they? And they still blooming win. And that's where we never got to. But ultimately, um, I'm, I suppose you guys will agree. I won't assume you will. But I think... At a club that didn't have the takeover with all of that money, that didn't have the expectations and maybe size relative to the division, Paul Cook wouldn't have been fired. He wasn't fired purely because of the job he did. He was fired because of the job he did in relation to the expectations of the job he was expected to do. Is is that a fair assessment? I think what you, when you when you said there that we, we never got to that. We never got a chance to get to that point. You know, we're talking about Man City, but you can also relate that to teams like Rotherham who just win. You know, they just grind out the results in this division. It would have been, and, and as you said, a, a couple of months back in terms of this um, pod, Ben, it's time, isn't it? If if Paul Cook had been given time, we would never know if yeah. he had have broken the back of it and, you know, got things sorted. But as you say, expectations had, had changed. Arguably, he'll, he'll arguably say that, expectations changed from the deal and the agreement he signed with Marcus Evans yep. to the deal and agreement that happened you know, a, a month mm. later, all of a sudden, Absolutely. oh, I think that is, a little bit, yeah. I think perhaps that is a, a factor. So I understand that that perhaps was a factor that the, perhaps the, when he took the job, it wasn't my understanding perhaps that it wasn't going to be a full blown takeover, but it was going to be, yeah, we're going to have all this investment, investment coming in, but perhaps Evans would still be, potentially in charge still and it'll be a build it'll be a build and and you'll have more and you'll have more say in things yeah and all of a sudden he's got a that kind of makes sense doesn't it a coo yeah a head of performance a head of analysis a head of sports science etc etc richard we're not gonna we're not gonna be sat here are we in two years time (laughs) like we've had conversations (laughs) before of would we have been any worse off if Paul Hurst had left? And we've genuinely had that conversation. Oh, you know, wow. you d- d- no, do you know what I mean? We genuinely have had that. When you're languishing in League One with Paul Lambert and you think, eh, w- 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 would it be that much worse? Rich, we're not going to be sat here in two years going, if we'd have just kept Paul Cook now, we just fired Kieran McKenna and hired Simon Grayson or whatever. <laughs> we, should we have just oh, kept, kept... I know we're in parallel universe here, but it's it's a really big call, isn't it, that the um, the board um, has made, um, unless you listen yeah. to Bristol City fans, in which case... <laughs> carry on, sorry. Stop it. Yeah, I, <laughs> Stop it. Sorry, sorry <laughs> Bristol City fans. You know I love you. It was. It's weird because at the time, I mean, as with all things in 2022... Um, it, we're split, aren't we? The, the, even at the time, this is the most split I think the fan base has been on a managerial sacking. You know, there's always been a. We, we talked about this at the time, obviously, and don't want to go over all ground. You can 
see our Lambert out and our McKenna in pods about our thoughts at the time. But the fan base was split. And I, and I personally was, was putting a lot of stock in the thoughts from Wigan and Portsmouth fans that we spoke to. Mikey did a great pod. We know that, knew the deficiencies, but they were totally offset with slow burn. And then boom, off you go and you don't look back. And with the squad, the calibre that Cook had... I kind of felt that he would have figured out a, a recipe to sort it out. And, you know, we might have probably fallen short of playoffs, which is still going to be the same outcome this season unless McKenna goes on, you know, and there's, you know, it's a great start. You know, we need to talk about the end of the year being a victory and a doubling over Wickham, which not a lot of teams will do in this division this year. Um, but you do think what whether Cook would have found it. And I, I think probably... Th- that that kind of trepidation I've got of Cook departing has now been replaced with McKenna is really impressing me. I'm really excited about Kieran McKenna. I know it's the the H in Ipswich stands for hope, doesn't it? And you you <laughs> hope that this is well placed hope because in terms of his credentials as a coach, the statures of the club he's been at as a coach learning his trade, we should be really excited. Shouldn't we? For yeah, I mean, just, we're not in a. Are you, are you our, telling me? Just, if, if, Rich, but Dave, just, just, just quickly, on, if, on, yeah. if Reading lose the derby tomorrow and Velko Paunovic is all of a sudden in trouble and gets fired, are you telling me Paul Cook's not going to be really short odds to go manage oh, someone he, in the, oh, in the championship? Do you know his, stock I mean? is, his stock isn't as high as it was before he joined us. But it's not. And I, and zero, I do think a lot of people no, look into no. the Richardson thing. You know, Richardson's possibly a viable candidate for a championship <laughs> club now, isn't he? Right, yeah. But yeah, I I do think McKenna's start gives me hope for more optimism than obviously what we might have been with Cook. But I think all of us, this time to jail thing also needs to include Paul Cook, poor guy, you know, moving to a different part of the country, really difficult off-field stuff with his family. During lockdown. During a lockdown is exactly right. With a new staff that he's trying to, you know, there's not, you know, what might have been, but at least unlike under Evans... We would have got someone in who's a journeyman who's got promotions on their CV, who's probably a little bit, you know, down the pecking order of championship clubs. We've now got a coach who's joined us from Man United, for goodness sake. So to borrow a Dave Diamondism, for goodness sake. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm for Christ's sakes. <laughs> it's um, trouble is, Rich, with that H for hope, it's always preceded by C, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> How long has he been there sat on that is. one? Right, a minute after he said it, I never thought of that before. I'll just tee you up, Dave. You you yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. There you go. Look, we've Come talked on. about um, Kieran McKenna lots and lots recently. We don't have a big sample size. We don't know. We're all guessing. We all know what we all... Uh, <laughs> that it's H for hope and not C for crap. But um, let's just do our 2021... Um, reflection then just um, in short mine would be uh, a, a strange year a crazy year where I went from probably being as not bothered as I've ever been to after that Wickham game and that particular day where we announced three players and then two of them were walking on the pitch before a friendly to being as excited as I've been and um, because I've done this now for seven years not having a clue what the hell's going to going to happen next um craig what's your reflections on 2021 yeah exactly it's, it has been a i know it's a funny story <laughs> phrase, just a roller coaster isn't it it has been from, from lows and highs and expectation 
to having you know you you think come the summer when we're all wearing bloody stars and stripes and uncle sam hats and god that's waving flags and crosses <laughs> what else thinking this is it for once for once things are falling into place for us you know we've got money to burn we've got an experienced manager who's got umpteen promotions under his belt nothing can go wrong here gone by december six months six months later we've got a, a 35 year old uh coaching who's never managed a, a professional game in his life so yeah we'll see where we are rich i, I was gonna the, the th- uh, yeah i mean echo both your thoughts i think very simply my thought is you can replace an entire board of directors backroom staff coaching staff and playing staff and still we'll find a way to ipswich something up won't we and end up being mid-table in league one so um things some things change and some things don't and hopefully 22 20 2022 will be a year of more positive change, but I think we've said that every year on the pod for the last sort of four or five Standard. years. <laughs> I can't David. imagine we. I can't imagine. Sorry, Rich. I just can't imagine we said that after you know, this time two years ago when Paul no, Lambert was, had a five-year contract in his back pocket. I, I don't imagine. agree with it, but I have to go along with it for the fans of um, on the uh, on the hour. Yeah, Dave. Whatever. It's, I think Rich is right. You could almost add Ipswich in the Oxford English Dictionary as a noun, sort of, <laughs> to nose things, you know, to nose things up. Um, yeah, I mean, seismic. I mean, the, the, I've been absolutely mental year, but I think I certainly said, uh, uh, look, going back to before we pointed McKenna and all that two or three week speculation, I must admit I wanted someone to come in like a North, right, for instance, like a Warnock or someone like that to have a real go at it and see if we could have a big push for promotion. This for me, okay, that's never going to happen, but this for me is the next best thing. Brilliant young coach coming in. And what heartened me most, I think, about the about the end of the, end of the year is the performance against Wickham. And Rich said earlier, Rotherham, just a brilliant knack. Not brilliant knack. It's not knack, is it? It's ingrained in them. They know how, yeah. ga- how to win these games ugly. And that was a classic game the other night against Wickham. Narrow, 1-0, quite, not quite nervy, quite tense. But, you know, we saw it out. How many, how many games over the last, crikey, two, three, four seasons have we seen games out like that? Okay, it's his very first game. You don't know quite much influence there but if it continues like that yeah very very high hopes and yeah like rich said exciting times i think very much so unbelievable scenes let's just quickly go round once um does it can be personal or for it which new new year's resolution um for each of you craig finbo finbow maybe that needs to be my new year's revolution yeah, yeah i was gonna say that, yeah, <laughs> stop that butchering your surname <laughs> i don't i i just i just uh, new year's resolution I'm going to try and go to as many games as I can. This this last two weeks has really annoyed me. The last two or three weeks have we know. Really got my goat in terms of not being able to go and watch games of football. Um, so, yeah, I'll be heading off to, to all of them as far as I can see. Um, but it'd just be nice just to sort of get on the tails, coattails of these two guys, just, just to see some sort of progression between now and the end of the season. You know, we're not hoping or expecting... Um, playoffs but if we can build on that performance which is a professional performance against Wickham it was a clean sheet we sort of just closed the game down towards the end of it you know the 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 flip side of not having many games is another two weeks on the coaching field Mm -hmm. isn't it for for McKenna and, and the guys so um I think we've got Rotherham around Easter time haven't we either the Monday or the or the Friday good Friday so we've got a few games to see they're the benchmark you know let's see where we're at Come the middle middle of April against the best team in the division. It'd be interesting to see. Richard, yeah, I mean, my 
my personal New Year's resolution, I've, I've, you know, 2021 was the year of me moving back to this part of the world, part of the world that I, I love um, and have missed. And so my 2022 resolution, notwithstanding a global pandemic, which hopefully pisses off as soon as it can, <laughs> or it's manageable as soon as it can, is just to Political. embrace more of the things that are on my doorstep and, you know, play more golf with David Diamond and go and hang out by the seaside a lot more. So that's my personal resolution 2022. In respect to football, I agree with Craig, it'd be good to actually watch some matches. Um, I definitely have missed them over um, Christmas, New Year periods. Um, but I think progression, isn't it? It's, it's, it's that steady building that Cook never managed to sort out. That's what we want to see. If we, if we, if we end up seventh or eighth or something like that, I don't think that's an unreasonable expectation. If McKenna can make conjure something better up, even better. But I think we're kind of wanting the green shoots, the proper green shoots, which we've talked about under Hurst, definitely talked about under Lambert. Proper green shoots, legitimate. We can point at them. Those are the green shoots um, for next season. David Diamond. Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything Craig and Rich said about the footy. As far as personally, um, obviously, playing more golf with rich clearly but um granddad but my net yeah, yeah. obviously got that coming up personally i wanted to sort of eat more healthily and that went out the window yesterday <laughs> for an hour at Oldborough for a large cod and chips and by the time i got to the front of the queue i had to have a large battered sausage with it as well <laughs> <laughs> so you know honestly the, and, then, and then ventured over sat at a table at the pub next door with a pint so that went oh, out the window straight you know what shaley said to me yesterday i i, I had this like there's a third of a bottle of wine and she like catches me tipping it down the sink going on and they're not gonna do it. she said ben your problem is you, you go too early with new year you realize that cupboard there is completely full of crisps and chocolate you're gonna eat them all you need to you need to start in you need yeah, to start just, in. i sound I like re- leon craig of no you need to start you need to start in sound like leon of, of, of curb but um, curb moderation you know, everyone knows yeah. everyone knows that new year's resolutions don't start until the day after Bank holiday anyway. Yeah, so it's not first working day of the year. Uh, fifth in any case, is it? Every I feel all right then. Uh, well, I haven't, I haven't done anything uh, terrible. Um, and I, I think my New Year's resolution, and I think it's be a good one for everyone, is to um, not utilise the reply button on Twitter quite as much as I do, especially as it pertains to the subject of Mark Ashton and our <laughs> friends down in the West Country. Down in the West Country. Hey. Do you know the funny thing is, I'm doing this stuff for Football 365, I have to go on their message boards um, now to do research, which I don't know how the great Harry from Bath used to cope. Um, going to, what you do realise is that every fan base is just as mental as the other, to be honest, just as mental as ours. And um, it's, it's the football fans. that uh, Actually, Ben, I think we should mention that. I think we all heard from Harry and Bath over Christmas. He is so OK and well, isn't he? Lovely to hear from Harry. Yeah. Absolute lovely. And happy New Year, Harry, if you're... Uh... And good luck with your new uh, with your new career and everything that goes with that. Teased a possible return in the future. Maybe. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. Get it in there. Get us all excited. Get it in there. So, what's the title of YouTube video now? Harry from Bath to return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new title of the show. Hashtag Mark Ashton. Yeah. Probably got the most hits we've ever. Probably got the most hits we've ever had. <laughs> me. Right, thank you everybody for watching. Um, apologies, there's been no games. Um, well, it's not my fault. I don't know why I'm apologising. But um... <laughs> bloody hell, I knew it. Come on, Ben. ben. Christ hey, sake. I've been blamed for more spurious things by football fans than that. So you've sure got influence uh, was, with the EFL. I was entirely so responsible for Leeds not getting promoted in 2019. Oh, I know yeah, you know, Stay away. Stay away. There you go. Um, so we will be back. Richard, um, 
the Gillingham game with Mikey and uh, Craig, is it? I think they're both going, aren't they? At the very least, yeah. We may, Seb and I might do a pre-match. Um, I'll have a chat with Seb and we'll, but we'll put it all, Blue Monday, ITFC.co.uk. We'll put the running order for the shows back on um, and all the details for everything else is on there too. But at the very least, there'll be a flagship after Gillingham. There may be a pre-match show beforehand. We might do it live isn't it, as well, but a New Year pre-match show, we might do that if Seb and I can be bothered to do the research. So keep an eyes peeled on our socials for that. Beautiful. Um, but we look forward to another lovely year of maybe some hope and maybe some crap. And let's hope some more hope than um, crap. Say goodbye, Craig. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Richard. Bye, everyone. Say anything you want, Dave. Goodbye, everyone. Happy New Year. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.